As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Okay, well, let's say that the resident doesn't meet the criteria. What should you do? Now, ultimately, that's going to be up to you, but there are penalties. and They're actually pretty severe for individuals. Best ever listeners, I'm proud to announce many masterminds as a component of this year's best ever conference. This year's best ever conference is virtual. So we've added something that we've never done before. And I'm confident you're going to get a lot of value from it. When you join the best ever conference, you will be thoughtfully placed into a mini mastermind group. And to give you an idea of what these mini masterminds are, it's going to be about six to eight people, fellow Best Ever attendees. And if you've attended the Best Ever conference, you know that the quality of attendees is very high. And we have experienced investors who are also good people. I'm sure there's some bad people out there, but I've never come across them at the conference. They're people who want to help and people who want to network and people who are successful already in commercial real estate. So you'll want to be a part of these mini masterminds. And in these mini masterminds, we're going to thoughtfully place you in a group with other attendees. And you're going to have different meetings virtually with them. And we're going to help facilitate those meetings. So they're going to be all around a topic and each of the masterminds will have a different topic. For example, one mastermind, you'll talk about what resources, relationships, investments, etc. have made the biggest difference in your life and what do you think you're missing for that next big life change or that next big milestone in business. So we're going to prompt your mini mastermind group with a topic and then you all will discuss And we'll do that for seven mini mastermind sessions. So you're going to get to know other attendees really well. And you're going to get the maximum amount of networking opportunities to go deep with people. Because ultimately what I found out is the more people I know is beneficial. But what really moves the needle on business is going deep with a select number of people and really establishing substantive relationships with them. So go to BEC2021.com 
sign up for the best ever conference, get thoughtfully placed in the mini mastermind group as a result of that. Mini masterminds are going to start November 1st. And when you sign up now, you're going to lock in the best price because prices go up each week. And on top of this, I'm going to give you a code so that you can get 10% off. And that is MYBEC10. So when you sign up at BEC2021.com, put in the code MYBEC10, the number 10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a podcast episode that focuses on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for a lot of these episodes, we have released free documents. These are free PDF how-to guides, PowerPoint presentation templates, and Excel calculators that will help you along your apartment syndication journey. So make sure you check out the previous syndication school episodes as well as those free documents at syndicationschool.com. And today, we are going to be returning to the coronavirus, and we're going to talk about the recent CDC eviction moratorium. So this was signed early in September, and it effectively banned evictions nationwide through the end of the year. So the previous eviction moratorium expired at the end of August, and then there was like a week where you were allowed to do evictions, and then this renewed eviction moratorium came into place. So today I wanted to talk about who this moratorium applies to, and then some of the things that you should be doing, and mostly continuing to do, right? These are things you should have been doing already. And you'll have to continue doing them until the moratorium expires. So who does this eviction moratorium apply to? What type of resident is eligible? And so here are some of the criteria that you can find. And all of this is on the CDC website. So one, the resident has sought all available government rental assistance. So there are some websites you can go to where rental assistance is available to residents I'll read this off a little bit later in the episode. The resident also cannot earn more than $99,000. 
or $198,000 combined. So below that, they cannot be evicted. The resident can't pay the rent in full due to substantial loss of income. The resident is trying to make timely partial payments to the extent they can afford to do so. And the resident would, if evicted, likely end up homeless or forced to live in a shared living situation. So it sounds like that the resident would need to submit a CDC declaration form to notify their landlord that they're not going to be able to pay rent because of one of the aforementioned reasons. So if you are to receive one of these from your residence, well, what should you do? So the first thing you should do is reply in writing and encourage them to make partial payments, whether it be of rent or any other things that are due to the extent that they can in accordance, again, with the CDC declaration where they may be able to pay some of their rent, but they just can't pay all of it. They might be able to make partial payments, right? Because they're supposed to be trying to make partial payments to the extent that they can in order to avoid it being evicted under this moratorium. You could also remind them of the rental amounts that are due at this time and that they will ultimately need to be paid. And so just because someone is not evicted doesn't necessarily mean that the rents that they can't afford to pay now are forgiven. So let them know, hey, please pay what you can because these rents will be due at some point or else once the eviction moratorium is expired then they can be evicted. Also, one of the other stipulations is they're supposed to have sought all available government rental assistance programs, so it probably makes sense to provide that information to them because that's, again, more collections for you. So in this written correspondence, you can include a a list of resources like the HUD resources. So HUD has stated that there's some nonprofits that received some emergency solutions grants or community development block grant funds from the original CARES Act, and those can be used for rental payments. And so the websites are going to be hudexchange.info, hud.gov slash coronavirus, and then home.treasury.gov slash policy issues slash cares slash state dash and dash local dash governments. And so we have these links on our website under the blog post, the CDC eviction moratorium, what you need to know, posted on September 16th. So either type in the links I just said to your web browser or you can click on those links from that website. There might also be some other local programs available. So make sure you are investigating that and providing that info to your residents as well. So the next thing to kind of think about would be Okay, well, let's say that the resident doesn't meet the criteria or you're uncertain if they're meeting the criteria. What should you do? Now, ultimately, that's going to be up to you, but there are penalties. They're actually pretty severe for individuals. So it would be if you just own the properties yourself as an individual and you evict someone who falls under the eviction moratorium stipulations. So... It's up to a $100,000 fine and one year in jail. Or if the resident ends up dying because of this eviction, the monetary penalty is even higher. It's to $250,000.
And then if it's an organization, right, if it's syndication, the penalties are even more severe. So, again, keep that in mind if you're going to attempt to evict someone. Also keep in mind that because of the current climate, you might draw additional judicial scrutiny. There might be a news article written about you. So, again, keep all the negative consequences in mind when you consider evicting someone, even if they explicitly fall outside of these stipulations. Now, I did a syndication school episode 2046, 11 tips for collecting rent during the coronavirus pandemic. I think these tips still apply today. Since you can't evict people, you're going to want to figure out ways to collect more rent. So just very quickly to go over those again, but I went into a lot more detail on those in that episode 2046. So one is offer discounted rent to people who pay rent on time or early. Offer a repayment plan. Allow residents to apply a security deposit to their rent. Ask residents to pay for security deposit insurance. Communicate with residents to see who can and cannot pay rent. Volunteer your units for free to coronavirus volunteers. Use federal or local programs created for landlords and renters. Ask residents to pay rent with a credit card. Offer an emergency repayment program. Provide free rent to residents who lost their jobs. And then reduce rents to break even. So some of these are going to be delayed and the rents will be paid eventually. Some of them are most likely going to be a forgiveness or written off as a concession. Um, but if you listen to the episode, I go into more detail on those. And really, I think the most interesting one would be applying the security deposit to their rent and then having them do security deposit insurance at the same time. Uh, one thing I guess I didn't put on here was if you do need to come to some sort of repayment program, maybe extend their lease. But again, the potential drawbacks of that are if they're not paying rent right now, then you might be stuck with someone that you can't evict for even longer. So make sure you check out that episode. Another thing that I think would make sense to check out would be episode 2074, where I went over some of the changes and adjustments you can make when actually underwriting deals right now. So this is when you're looking into new deals. So check that episode out as well. Now, one last thing I wanted to mention that is important to keep in mind, because as I said, just because someone is protected under this eviction moratorium, and let's say they pay partial rent, or let's say they're not paying any rent at all. At some point, that rent is not forgiven. It's going to need to be paid eventually. So something to kind of think about is, okay, well, if I have all these residents with really, really high balances, what's going to happen once the eviction moratorium actually ends? And they have the option of either paying that high balance or leaving. So this is something that you're going to want to kind of start thinking about now, even though it might not necessarily happen. The eviction moratorium at the earliest will expire in early 2021. And it's really hard to tell if it'll be extended or not. But assuming it expires in 2021, and assuming that you've got a certain percentage of residents who aren't paying rent, you can kind of figure out how much bad debt you're going to have come the eviction moratorium. Kind of think about, okay, well, what percentage of these residents are just going to skip and disappear once the eviction moratorium ends? And what percentage are going to actually attempt to pay off their debts? So one thing that you can consider doing is obviously that repayment program and thinking about that now and having that conversation now with your residents, because if they skip and that's money that's 
essentially gone, unless you want to pursue them legally. But most likely, you're going to have a very high bad debt if they skip. And so what can you do today to minimize the number of skips you have in three, four, five months from now? That is going to impact the cash flow and therefore impact the distributions you can send out to your investors. So that's why I think the repayment program is going to be powerful. You can spread out the money owed maybe in another lease, right? So sign an additional year and then that rent is going to be higher. And it's essentially their balance owed divided by 12 is what's added to each month of rent. So I guess the main point here is just to be aware that this rent is not forgiven. This rent is owed. And if it is not paid because the resident skips out, then that's going to be a revenue loss. It's going to be bad debt. And if you have a portfolio right now, you should have a decent understanding of what that is going to look like based off of the number of skips you saw during the pandemic in general. But some of the skips that you saw towards the end of August when the eviction moratorium was going to end and then before anyone knew there was going to be a new one, did the residents who had high balances, the ones who you had a hard time getting in contact with, the ones who were not sticking to their repayment program, did they leave in August or early September? And then that should give you an idea of what will happen from the beginning of 2021. So lots of things to follow up with. So again, I recommend checking out the blog post we have, the CDC eviction moratorium, what you need to know. I recommend checking out the syndication school episode 2049, where I went over 11 tips for collecting rent during the coronavirus. I listed them today, but I go into more detail on each of those. Some of them are self-explanatory. Some of them by just reading off the bullet point, like offer an emergency repayment program or ask residents to pay for security deposit insurance. Those aren't necessarily self-explanatory. I go into those in a lot more detail in that episode. And then if you are looking into new deals, make sure you're understanding what changes need to be done to underwriting by listening to episode 2074, Ashcroft Underwriting Adjustments During covid 19. So that's going to conclude this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out all those resources I just mentioned. Make sure you check out the previous Indication School episodes as well as the free documents we have for those. And then have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Here's the problem with virtual events. You don't get to connect with others in the way that you would for in-person events. So with this year's Best Ever Conference, it is virtual and we're fixing that problem. We are introducing many masterminds where you're going to get to know six to eight real estate investors who are accomplished and who will help you and you will help them grow each other's business. Go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference and enter the code my. BEC10, and you'll get a 10% off on top of the lowest price, which is today because the prices go up each week. BEC2021.com. When it's Friday at 4 30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.